Welcome to another episode of the Entire Task Podcast. I'm the COO, Amin Rahmani. This is the show where our CEO, Marnie Melrose, and I interview successful business owners and coaches who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you achieve your goals faster than ever before. Today on this episode, Marnie interviews Victor Medina, who is an attorney, financial advisor, legal coach, and successful business owner. He helps his clients get clarity by providing a framework for them to follow for each step, giving them the discipline to gain freedom. Victor gets power by relying on the concept of creating margin and leans on the comfort that structure brings when the willpower isn't there. He follows through by developing a cadence that relies on the habit of strategic and deliberate action for whatever needs to be done. Listen on for his story. All right. So today on the entire life series, I have Victor Medina. And I remember Victor from the daylight days way back when. So Victor, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do now? And uh, yeah, let's get to know you. Yeah, no, and I certainly remember you as well, Martin. It's great to be back. So I, I tell you, um, my life is sort of driven by mostly the law practice and financial services practice that I own in central New Jersey, helping mm-hmm. people in retirement, helping people with asset protection. Um, about a year and a half, two years ago, I got into coaching attorneys. And mm-hmm. so a side gig is you know helping uh, transform attorneys' lives so that they can get great business owners and be live their great life and do all the things that they want to do. Uh, and that's sort of how I spend most of my days. Mondays and Fridays are coaching. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays are working with my clients. Uh, and that's me. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. All right, Victor, tell us how you help your clients and yourself get clarity. Sure. So uh, there's two tracks that we go down, right? There's the coaching track and there's the uh, helping the clients in the law firm and the financial services. But they're very closely related because Mm -hmm. I think that from when I started in college doing acting and looking at performance things, I had a a teacher of mine that drummed into me the idea that from discipline comes freedom. And so it was kind of weird concept for me because I thought everything in the arts was this muse driven inspiration. You just had to be brilliant, that there's no craftsmanship to it, that there was no workman's like attitudes. I, I never really thought about that uh, idea that there was some artisanal, you had to go off of it, but it always stuck with me, right? So all of these years later. And so when we think about bringing the rest of our clients through that, whether they're doing the services that we provide or in the coaching we provide, I always like to provide a framework for them to follow for, for each step to guide them along. I feel like that part of the discipline leads to the freedom that they're looking to achieve. If it's in the legal services and the financial services, having us follow a proprietary process where we go through and review all of the elements to come up with a comprehensive set of recommendations and knowing that there's a roadmap to get from here to there, so each step along the way, allows them to drape their lives on top of that structure so that they can gain some clarity about what they do and then take action. And then similarly in the coaching program, we're always looking about cadences and habits and developing uh, these great uh, skills and strategies and routines for people to engage in that 
that discipline allows them to have freedom. So they're moving ever closer towards the goals that they want to reach. You're, you're, you're so on point with that. You are definitely not the first person who talked about that structure and freedom. And I talk about that all the time. I find there's so much more freedom in having structure. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you brought that up again, because that's a, that's a really distinctive thing for people to, to understand is by putting everything in place, it does help you see, okay, where are we going next? Where have we been? And where are we going next? Awesome. So let's talk about power. And when I say power, I'm talking about you've got the clarity, right? And now you're having troubles, you're having issues. And as we all know, in business, things are not always rosy, right? There are those days when you're just like, oh my God, why did I get out of bed this morning? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Is this going to get me where I want to go? And so how do you have, some people call it willpower or power, but how do you either for yourself or for your clients how do you get that power to maintain, right? To yep. go through and, and when think, times are tough. Yeah. And I think that it's probably best sort of framed for me in, in mm-hmm. the way that I find it, because it's certainly the vantage point that I use in explaining it to other people. I probably characterize uh, power into three different subcategories. Uh, there's power as a function of a velocity. Mm-hmm. And so that you're picking up speed in the direction that you want to go. There's power in the, uh, the point that you made about being able to overcome uh, lack of willpower or lack of initiative from it. And then the third sort of subcategory for me would be in leverage. Mm -hmm. There's power inside of having sort of small hinges swinging big doors for what we have. So that's a function of that power as well. The first one and the second one where we're talking about velocity and we're talking about uh, this overcoming of willpower I really rely on the concept of creating margin mm-hmm. and having uh, the time and space to be able to work on these activities. So traditionally, people are paid cash mm-hmm. for tasks, mm-hmm. but there's growth when they do strategic thinking. Mm-hmm. You can't do strategic thinking if you're overwhelmed with what's in there. So this idea of overwhelm where you is really a definition of not being comfortable that what you're doing in the present is the right thing to do. That's where the mm-hmm. concept of anxiety comes in. So when we start to overlay that with this margin and then thinking about getting that velocity, it's really saying that if there's time that I'm spending doing nothing, if there's time that I'm spending doing planning, or if there's time that I'm spending doing drudgery of tasks, it's the right thing for me to be doing in this moment. And that is sort of this propelling confidence that creates this velocity going forward. It's also the thing that you start to lean on top of when your energy levels are low and you don't have the willpower to come in, when you're not driven by the inspiration of what's going in there, you rely on the comfort given by the structure and all of these other elements that go in there and say, this is the right thing for me to be doing, which can include some stuff that I hate or not doing anything at all. Mm-hmm. The last component is a different metric though for me, because the last component is really a function of strategy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the concepts of strategies come from the outside instead of from the inside. So I always think about, so as much as I'm talking here today about the fact that I coach other people, I drink the champagne of the coaching company that I work for. So I'm a client and I engage in that because the process of going through that is a process of illumination 
Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult for us to come up with the ideas and strategies or have the perspective that allows us to see through. Actually, it's not fighting this way. There's these two turns that you come around here and look, you'll end up where you need to be in a completely different way and probably with a lot less strife and a little bit happier through that. So that strategic element, I think, is where that leverage of power comes in. And I tend to believe that comes from the outside rather than from the inside. Awesome. Awesome. And then so when we're talking about follow through and and follow through, the way I define that is now we've got the clarity. Now we've got the power. How do we maintain that follow through? It's kind of an an aspect of integrity, right? It's like I, I say I'm going to do something. And how do we put those mechanisms in place to follow through to continue on with what we said we were going to do? Yeah. It's a tough one, too, because I think at any point in time, uh, we can feel uh, a reprioritization of whatever is the most urgent thing in front of us, Mm -hmm. uh, taking over maybe the thing that we ought to be doing, whatever that really looks like. And, you know, I'm kind of mealy mouthy in my response, because sometimes the right response is to not potentially make the thing that's the biggest progress, maybe is to put that on the side and maybe it's to, you know, so it's not always that propel forward, but the idea of being really um, uh, comfortable with the steps that you need to take and actually going through with them um, is definitely, I think, where people fail most often. I don't think they fail most often, Arnie, in, in figuring out great strategies. I don't think there's a shortage of ideas. And I don't think that there is um, a, a shortage of uh, understanding the power of where those ideas can go, like seeing the potential for it and being able to break that out. I think that's probably pretty commonplace. I think we're the, the biggest failures in the implementation component, or they have people who actually do the harder stuff that whatever it takes, or, or just getting it all the way through. There's a lot, as you mentioned, sort of a lack of integrity between their intentions and their actions. And those two things are sometimes hard to, to marry. hundred percent. For a lot of people, right? Yeah. I think it's a, it's a common human condition mm-hmm. to find the shortcomings uh, or to be engaged in those shortcomings. The strategies that I use, um, and I, don't know that they're completely applicable to everybody on the way, but I'd like to think that they would have value, is I tend to rely on um, a habit of strategic and deliberate action for where I do it, but not just once, but as a cadence. Mm-hmm. A lot of people use a planner for this, or a mm-hmm. lot of people will use some structure that allow them to re-engage with a question asking and priority setting activity on a cadence that makes sense for the activities that they're doing. Sometimes it's daily, sometimes it's weekly, sometimes it's quarterly, sometimes we're looking at your whole lifespan and we're trying to figure out what you should be doing, what's gonna be on your tombstone. And the activities and the plan that we're doing is is right for that frame that you're on. But it's about the regular cadence because when you start to engage in this kind of ongoing routine, I always think about uh, coaching or improvement. I I say you, you stick with it for as long as you want to make progress, because it's like a gym membership. You are happy with the way your, your body looks and you want to keep making progress. Okay, great. You keep going that. You don't care any longer. You're done. You want to jump off that train. Stop. Stop yeah. going to the gym. Stop working out. Stop exercising because you've made the decision that you no longer want to engage in those things. And that's your choice. You can go and do that. If you want to keep making progress in that area though, you got to keep going. Like you just don't pay for it. You have to go and do these things and you work, exercise the muscle mm-hmm. around living a life of by deliberate planning rather than by accidental happenstance. Like this is where we arrive. 
Wonderful. You know, my dentist always used to tell me, only floss the teeth you want to keep. <laughs> so it's simple, right? <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly it. And uh, that's one of the reasons that I made the software that we're making the entire task, right? Is because I really wanted to help people because my personal belief is that entrepreneurs can change the world even more so than government. I really believe that. I believe that it's actually the individuals that gather a community of people together to help move an idea forward in the world. I think they actually have a, a bigger a bigger impact long-term, right? And so I wanna help more people to actually have the, not only have those goals, but be able to execute them on a, on a daily basis. And, you know, I love that I can go inside of the app and I know exactly what task I need to do today because the algorithm tells me exactly the right thing to do based on what I told the algorithm was important in my life, sure. right? And all the stuff that's that busy stuff ends up either at the bottom of the list or in the backlog. And in the backlog is perfectly fine, right? There's a reason. Exactly. I didn't as do it. You right? have a system for not in for preventing your brain from creating anxiety about it getting done, which yep. is the whole reason why a software system like that would be so valuable because then your brain is taught it can rely on that to surface the things that are important. I always see productivity not about the ability to accomplish more mm -hmm. or the ability to be hyper programmed. It's quality of your days. I see it as the activity of understanding what requires priority yes. and redefining that because there are some decisions that we make that says, I thought this was important and now and it's not, it had a place on the list and I'm willing to let it go. Yep. There's only so much time and only so much attention that I can pay. Turns out that this thing is the thing that I am teaching myself that I'm giving myself permission to be the one that I say no to. Yeah. I think that's a hard skill for a lot of people to develop. Yeah. And and another thing, like for instance, the, the outside world sometimes in, impacts us, right? So I might have, you know, all of my priorities in my life and saying that this is the way that it is. And then I might have a health crisis and all of a sudden health is like my number one thing. And the way I built it was so that I could crank up my health and crank down everything else. And it would modify all the goals, all the projects, all the tasks underneath of it. So that it would surface all the health stuff to the top, just like that, right? And so that's, you know, that's the thing is that it's not just an internal thing sometimes. Sometimes it's an external. Something is like pushing into us like, oh my God, you need to deal with this now. And then also it's, it's a matter of being able to see everything and go, hmm, maybe that's not that important right now. Maybe I could like, I could push that off like a couple of years and maybe that's more important. I want to pull that into like this year, we're going to work on that or, or maybe this quarter we're going to work on that. Right. So yeah, yeah, you're right on track with that. It's, it's so wonderful. And uh, you haven't even seen the software yet, which is uh, why I kind of do these interviews this way, because 
it all kind of flows in and it's just a natural way of, of people doing things. Mm -hmm. So tell us what is your free gift? Cause I'm really interested in it because I think that, you know, there's a lot of people who could really benefit from what you're doing. You know, Thank finances you. are so important. Yep. No, for sure. Um, and so one of the things that we've created uh, in the, we focus mostly on people who are going into and in sort of in the throes of their retirement planning. So those folks mm -hmm. that are kind of in those 50s, mid 50s, early 60s, and they just wanna make sure that they're gonna be okay at the end of it. And one of the things that we've created is a 31 point checklist mm -hmm. for them to go through to make sure that they're ready for retirement. And it is a way of kind of making an assessment on where they currently stand and say, I've got this in place, I have that in place, this is an area I need to attend to. And it's a great starting point in any person's conversation to make sure that their ship is pointed in the right direction. They don't want yeah. to end up five, 10, 15 years down the road, completely way off track and off course. Because for a lot of people, retirement is one of the most crucial decisions they make because they can't refill the coffers. It's not, it's not going back to work for it. They, they're making decisions. So they have to make sure that their ship is pointed in the right direction so that they're not hundreds of miles off course before they realize it. And I found that the 31 point checklist that we've created is a really helpful tool to making that assessment to know where should you be paying attention um, and you know what, what, what should command your earliest activities to make sure that you're on the right track. That is perfect. We'll make sure to link it down below the interview. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. I look forward to hearing more, you know, from you in the future. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me on and really appreciate the opportunity to share all the information. Absolutely. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please leave us a review. It really helps others to decide if they're going to listen to you. This series has been all about clarity, power, and follow-through. Entire Task can help you get clear with its vision board. It gives you the power to do what's most important with our algorithms and to chunk things down so it's easy to follow through. Check it out at EntireTask.com.